one. Okay, we're live, we're live. Luke Simons, what's happening, brother? How you doing, man? Dude, man, thank you so much for having me on your podcast, man. I'm excited. I'm good, man. It's it's uh honestly, this is my favorite thing about this job, uh, about this work, is you get to have whoever the hell you want on, and you get to work with like-minded people such as yourself. However, you're the first person I've ever had to interview in a which looked like a shared office space, you told me. So Yeah, man. That's, that's, so that's, that's neat. <laughs> we got heaps of people around, so everyone's gonna be listening to the convo, but no, nah, everyone's um we're ready to rock and roll, man. That's good, man. Now, uh, let's get the audience a little bit of a, a little bit of context. So you reached out to me uh, not too not too long ago, and I've really looked into your profile, which is phenomenal, by the way. And I was super super happy to have you on. And not even that, man, but like the stuff that you've got going on right now on your Instagram page uh, is top notch. So that's just a uh, Let's just start with you letting the audience know what is it you are doing right now? Sick, man. So pretty much we've got two businesses, two, two, two companies in a sense. We've got Leading Socials, which is what we kind of specialize in content marketing. So we help you know businesses in Perth um, pretty much create content for marketing purposes and then help them kind of scale and grow their business through social media and through content marketing. Then on the other flip side, we have the Luke Simons kind of personal brand, which is the social strong media um, setup. So that is where we teach um, personal trainers, gym owners, everything they need to know about online marketing, how to kind of get more clients, how to get more leads, how to make more sales uh, online and how to scale up pretty much their business. So um, the reason why I went down, <laughs> there's like, there's not too many links in a sense, but what to make more sense, like we, I started off in the fitness um, industry and started creating more content and then um, for my personal page. And then I got asked from another couple of people, uh, personal trainers. This was like four or five years ago, man. Like when Instagram had those 15 second clips, you know, you remember back in those days, like the classic Instagram um, 15 second clips. So um, a couple of PTs reached out was like, Hey man, can, can you create some videos and content for me, for my page? I was like, yeah, no stress, man. Let, let's do it. I'll do it for free. Um, and then uh, a local gym got on board and was like, Hey, like, can you do this like full time for us? I was like, shit. Like at the time I was working, um, you know, I was in another industry um, and I was like, man, I'll probably, yeah, let's do it. Like, let's make the jump into a full time, you know, the, the fitness scene and let's do the content like and marketing. So then from there, we, I started um, studying more marketing. I went to um, study the, my diploma in social media marketing, specializing in content marketing. So really understanding like, cool, what does it take to get someone from point A to point B through content marketing? Like, how do we do it? How do we get someone who doesn't know you or your brand all the way to a loving fan and buying um, repeatedly, right? Um, from there, it kind of stemmed off into, I, I was creating all this content for personal trainers, but then once I gave it to them, um, they didn't know the rest of the techniques. They didn't know, okay, cool. What like, cause it's, it's not about just posting a really good photo, a really good video. And then it all happens because if that was the case, everyone would be pretty, pretty famous right now. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things that you go into the behind the scenes, the actions, the setting up the profiles and all that sort of stuff where I was like, well, I can just train these guys on the side. Um, and then when COVID happened, that's when the social strong media company really launched off because I was saying for years, you know, guys, guys, like you really should be looking at like scaling your businesses out because I was working with about over a hundred PTs at the time throughout this whole um, company I was working for. And it was like, I was telling them, Hey, you got to, 
prepare yourself to be able to scale out because right now you can't scale out. Like you're just doing one-on-one training, um, which is fine if you're happy with that, but like say COVID happened and then COVID happened. And then it was that point where everyone was like, Oh shit. Like, yeah, I should probably listen to him. <laughs> for, for real. I mean, personally myself, I never really, I understood that online marketing is the future. I never really considered it until we first started talking. The reason being is because for me personally, like, uh, I always thought PT was like one-on-one interactions, you know, it's uh, the physical connection you get with someone you work with on the floor. And that's what I really enjoyed the most about the job. And then online, obviously there's, it's put it this way, you know, you've got a certain amount of hours you have in a day and there's a certain amount of hours which you can see people. You've got to be thinking to yourself, okay, how can I see, uh, like interact with more people with the hours that I have? And that's why online is the way to go. So Someone from a person such as yourself, uh, what is like, um, what was your background before you made the jump? Were you personally a PT yourself or were you? Uh... So pretty much, yeah, I was I was in the industry working, um, but it was more about, I was actually working at a car yard and what we did was I did a lot of logistics work and like hands-on kind of laboring work. Um, it wasn't until I started posting the content um, of my personal page, I started getting people hit me up for PT work um, on the side. Um, and that's when I didn't go fully into it. I was like, yeah, cool. I was, I was looking at it, but then the gym snapped me up before I made that call um, and was like, hey, do you want to just help our PTs out instead? And I was like, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll do that for sure. Um, and then over time, it was really good because I got to really understand over three, four years of working with because my job was pretty much like the social media marketing, the advertising. And also when we onboard um, a lot of PTs coming through the, the, the franchise, um, how do we get them up to speed? How do we get them fully booked within three weeks? Like, how do we get them like fully prepared for running a business within four weeks? So like that was my role for three years, pretty much. So it was like, a, it was awesome to see how so many different personalities can go into it. Like, um, you know, cause not, and that's the funny thing about personal training and fitness right um everyone's like oh the market's flooded the market's flooded but it's like well not really like there's people out there looking for your personality but you just haven't shown it yet like people like are attracted by people and to be honest like from seeing hundreds of hundreds maybe even thousands now from pts coming through that i've worked with one-on-one it's really um understanding like personal training is simple but it's the way that you communicate human to human connection that really determines like winning success, right? Like you would know it with your clients, right? Like it's, it's the way you can communicate and like um, it's like have that connection with your clientele that really helps grow the rapport, grow the relationship, and then therefore helps the results come through. So it's like really cool to see how these tactics works for certain people. If it's like a person who's really outgoing to or someone who's really reserved, like how, do, how can we change the strategy of the content marketing to someone who can't step on camera just yet? How do we do that? And how do we kind of get their personality across without, with staying in the guidelines of their personality, if that makes sense. Okay. So how you're talking about getting personalities out there. Now you said something earlier on about the market being flooded. I personally used to think that that myself uh, because, you know, um, you walk into, I'm not going to name gyms, but you walk into a gym and if you take notice of the now trainers that are on the wall, it changes almost like every month, every couple of months. And you see new people constantly come in and out because it's a, it's a competitive market. 
Uh, that's definitely to say the least. And to get your personality out there. For me, I've always been just trying and be a bit of a chameleon. Like you understand the things, the topics that people like, talk about while you're working with them or the ways to get them on board. And then for me, when it came to marketing, I wasn't really much on board with the whole social media thing uh, because I always had the idea in my head that if you do a good enough job in you, your clients will do the marketing for you uh, because I see a lot of, I see a lot of, uh, what's it called? I see a lot of personal trainers. It's just their clients tagging them in everything. It's their clients tagging them. They're doing all the work for them. So that was just a philosophy that I have for, um, what is it, when it came to training. Uh, so I agree, man. I think it's, uh, that is where you get user-generated content. So um, UGC, we call it, whereas like you get your clients to do the content marketing for you in a sense and do your marketing for you. And I think like that is a crucial role. Like you don't, to be honest, man, you don't need social media to be like a, a certain level of success, man. Like it really depends on what your goals are with the business. Like, hey, are you, are you happy with 20, 30, 40 sessions a week? Awesome. Like you, you, you could honestly just stay on the floor and just work it there and then you could just cruise it and then get your clients to kind of do the talking for you. Um, and it also depends on how fast you want to hit your goal as well. Um, if there is no real deadline to your goal, then hundred percent like social media isn't hundred percent necessary, like to hit certain goals. But if you, if you're a guy or a gal who really wants to kind of reach their potential and get there as soon as possible, um, marketing and social media has to be a vital like tool within your toolbox. I, I should say like, it won't, it won't solve like, I, I, this is the one thing before anyone works with me, I'm like, you got to make sure your service is good, man. Cause I'm not going to make your service good. Like you got to make sure you're, you're legit because I don't want to be pushing no crap services. You know what I mean? Like we don't want to ruin anyone's lives here. So we want to make sure that, you know, as long as you've got a really good service, dude, like you can market anything. 100%. Now that's where, that's the important thing. That's where I've always been on board with to get good at something. You have to just do the fucking thing itself. Like to be a good personal trainer, you have to actually, you know, constantly do the job. Like we know this yourself. You do jujitsu. I do a bit of jujitsu myself. You, you don't get fucking good at jujitsu just by reading about it. Maybe you're a little bit one percent better. You get it by actually rocking up to class and actually getting yourself tapped out, and then you try and not do it again. It's the same with clients. You work with one, and then you work with another, and you keep constantly finding more, and then you develop a system or in in play. And then that was why I've always rejected the idea of slowly going on to online until now, because it's from my perspective, from all my years of studying at university and training other people, I look at so many people online, I don't call out, but I can just spot flaws so easily. Yeah, man. It, that's yeah. how it is. It's, I think you have to have a solid like run with, um, one-on-one -on -one training because you got to understand okay what certain people might be able to move a certain way um someone coming from a certain industry uh, like will have problems doing x y and z exercises um so really understanding how your programming is um put to the test i should say uh with multiple different people um if you don't actually get that experience and you just go straight to say online and start on scaling like um programs online that's when you're going to get 
pre this you that's when you're gonna have problems because you you don't fully understand the role and the job so i honestly think man like anyone coming into the industry like you should be 100 percent focused on just face-to-face stuff for now um and then from there you can scale up once you're happy with everything correct so the there's a question i personally wanted to ask you uh is when it comes to going online do you believe that there should be like you know you should be a good trainer but do you believe there's a there's a way how we can define that do you believe there could be certain set guidelines or certain uh things they should have in place before they go online you know they should like you know should they have done it for this many years I think I, yeah i think I think it should be a solid, like, because the one-year mark is tricky in a sense where it's like, it, it really depends on how many, I would say rather let's go away from time and let's go more about experience. Like how many testimonials do you have? Like, do you have say potentially like 10, 20, 30 really good testimonials? Have you um, tried and experienced multiple people from different industries? So I would say like more account of people, like how many people have you helped more rather than time? Because I could be positioned at a gym, spent a year there and I could only maybe have helped four people or trained four people. So like, it's more about like getting the experience with each individual people, um, or industry, I should say, like, you know, if it's um, corporations or if it's athletics or if it's strength and conditioning, if it's um, mixed martial arts, like whatever, whatever you want to accomplish, if it's obesity, is it post, um, you know, post having a baby, whatever it is. Um, so I honestly think having that maybe like a solid, like 30 transformations, like just put a, to put a number on it, like, yeah, 30 transformations of like people. And then you should really have a good understanding of where you want to go. Um, I honestly think like I can scale anyone like you bring me anyone, any PT, I can scale like no matter what is, but it's more about like, I just want to make sure that whoever I'm scaling out needs to be pushing the right things. Cause I, last thing I want to do is push a really shit trainer and then they, they ruin someone's life. Like that's what, I mean, not ruin someone's life, but like maybe give them a, an eating disorder or something like that. So I want to make sure that like whoever is successful, they, they, they have the experience. So think of more less focus on the time aspect and focus on more on what they've actually you know accomplished uh because you get people who come to industry and they just absolutely smash it and you get the people that you know they they take their time to come up obviously uh now the other thing i wanted to uh, sort of ask you about when it comes to you know going onto that online system like uh what's what let's say you take someone you find them okay okay i want to work with this person sounds good what's usually like the first step that they should be doing uh, when it comes to going online? I guess with the first step they really need to think about is like people probably wait for me to say, oh, you know, like you need to download this app or you need to get this software. No, that's not the case. Like, cause you can do everything off a, off a piece of paper if you want. What you really should get focused on is your goals, your clear like um, goals and actually understanding who do you want to help? Because as soon as you figure out who you want to help, you can then figure out your branding and messaging. And those two aspects are probably the first thing you want to do before, like with any sort of marketing, like there's no point in going and like, Oh, actually, I just want to start posting content because I, I heard content's good. It's like, okay, well, who, who do you want to watch the content? Like who, who, what audience member do you actually want to consume 
this this piece of information because you need to be speaking directly to them so i guess the first thing would be okay awesome like where do you want to go like you want 40 50 people online okay awesome man so where what industry do you want to do sports conditioning or do you want to do general pop general pop's fine you just got to make sure that you make that call and you make that decision on what you want because you're going to have like the way that i speak to someone who is a mixed martial artist athlete like athlete and they want strength and conditioning program will be much different compared to if i did a video on general pop like they're, they're getting ready for summer or maybe they want to lose the the 10 five kilos from covid whatever it is right so it's like understanding who your market is and then pretty much understanding how they think in their mind what do they want to consume what are their fears what are their aspirations like how do they want to look like what do they actually want to achieve within their health journey you know what I mean? Because then from there, you can really start backtracking on, okay, awesome. So my avatar, we call it an avatar in marketing. It's like, awesome. Like this person wants to do X, Y, and Z. They're, they're afraid of X, Y, and Z. Um, awesome. Now let's create a content plan. So that's what we first start as goals, who we want to target, and kind of the messaging. So that's the first thing you want to get clear. From there, what you really want to start doing is creating a content strategy, like I just mentioned, which is awesome. Let's get that underway. And then from there, it's literally just marketing, continuation of marketing tactics, and organic marketing. Don't spend any money on paid advertising until you have um, proof of concept, meaning that you've got a lot of people coming through organically. And that's like, that's what you should have an aim for. You shouldn't have any sort of like, um, paid advertising just yet, unless you, you're you really restricted on time. Like if you say to me, oh, Luke, I, I need to get 10 online clients within next week, then I'll be like, okay, cool. Like, that's fine. Let's do it. If you have minimum assets organically, but if you have a lot of organic, um, like for example, this is one guy I've been coaching for 16 weeks and we've got him, I think it's just over 80 clients now, just in 16 weeks like paying good money as well. So it's like, and that's, that's all been free. That's all been organic. And it's like just from his social media. And it's just like tweaking a few things with his messaging and really getting sh like strong with his, his branding, messaging and content creation and just like sales and not really sales, but just dude, like even you, Joseph, right? There's going to be like probably 10, 20 people who are on the fence of your service. They're watching your Instagram daily. They're, they're engaging with your stuff. But to be honest, they're just sitting on that fence waiting for something to happen in their life to make the call. So it's your job to go and find these people and see what it takes to get them across the line to help them. Oh, understood. Well, those 10, 20 people listening, you can hit me up. <laughs> that's, what they, that's what they say. Uh, well, the, the most important thing for me is always like, um, I definitely understand where my client is going down. Like personally myself, I am someone who uh, likes to help mainly uh, guys, um, mainly because, you know, uh, firstly, I'm 23 myself. Uh, I understand my, I, if there's certain limitations, you know, I haven't done it for a while. But one thing I'm always trying to promote to guys is I know how to uh, best speak to blokes or mainly older men as well, my age because you know we're young we we understand we're young we understand what we're going through i understand what their most boys schedules are like you know there's things like they do uni or they got their part-time jobs you know and when you're having a conversation with let's say a woman in her in her 50s who's got two kids it's completely different to having a conversation with a guy who's 23 you know and he's just out of uni the, the topics are very very different so that's what I usually, that's one thing I would say is a strength for me. Uh, 
now and it's empathy right and it's like understanding like do like for me and you right like i'm i'm 26 i'm a male right and i'm like do i actually know what it's like to be a 50 year old 60 year old female Mm-hmm. you know what yeah. i mean like do i actually know like so that's where the, the interesting thing about marketing comes into play is like we can create hypotheses all day long but it's not till you put it to the test until you trial it that's when you find the real data and that's when you can start working but at that start in the hypothesis stage bro like it's it's like i think this is what's gonna happen <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> man like when i went to my diploma I, I actually didn't realize how like there there was like just okay cool like we, you can only work off so much data before you have to make the call and trial mm-hmm. and test. hundred mm, percent. That that's for sure. Um, now there's another important thing that we had. We briefly, we actually had a conversation. I think it was a couple of weeks, a couple, two or three weeks ago, we were on a call and you were talking to me about uh, when it comes to upscaling and generating leads, an important thing to sort of, uh, be giving away to potential leads is like a something that's free you know something like a free ebook or a plan or and then i went away and i sort of looked at and i started going through my sources and started writing some things down but for the audience uh, also you probably have some people who you're talking to are probably you know personal traders themselves why is it that you should be presenting some form of like free you know uh, information to your leads because people just don't trust people. Like that's as simple as that. Like, to be honest, a lot of people have just been wrongly done. Like mm. these, like lately, like people are so immune to marketing now that they just don't trust anything. Like um, they need to see the proof in the pudding before they actually buy. Like this, it's, it's, you see it everywhere. Like it's like, um, you know, trial this and you get the first month free or something like that. Like p- the business has been trying this stuff for, for years and years and years because the reception or like the, the way that people can like pick up marketing is just less and less every single year. So what we need to do is we need to say, Hey, like I am legit. I am good. I am, I got my service. Like it's all sorted. It's ready to rock and roll, but I need to give you a taste of like value of like, or what I can do so then they can actually trust you because that's what we're trying to do is like there's a threshold of goodwill and trust so like you believe like say you go to like a Toyota dealership right um your whole life you've been driving in and out of Toyotas like you and depending on your life's um progression and your life's kind of situation like you could have had probably no accidents within toyotas and your dad and your mom could have been like toyota's the best you know you know and you've kind of brainwashed all this all this propaganda so you kind of believe that like all this over time throughout your whole life is you're you're meant to believe that toyotas are the, the best car and if you've got no kind of like events in your life that say it's wrong like say a toyota breaking down or x y and z you have a high level of trust so when you go to your first toyota dealership what happens is you, your, your trust level is so high through the roof that you actually don't really care what type of Toyota you get. You just want a Toyota. So it's like, there's that trust level, right? So imagine your, your brand, right, Joseph, right? Like say, I don't know your brand. I'm starting from day dot one. Like there's no trust. I don't know anyone who has interacted with you. I don't know you. I don't know your service. I don't know anything about you. None of my friends have said it's good or bad. So it's like you're starting from day dot one. So now you have to slowly inc- like increase the level of trust and goodwill um, throughout the audience for them to buy. Because to be honest, like what was the last time you went to the shops and saw something you've never seen before? You never read anything about it, but you you transferred hard-earned cash to buy something like that. 
never. <laughs> never, right? Yeah. Everything that you purchase, you 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 believe that the value you're receiving is more than the value you're giving, with aka money. So it's like there's an exchange, right? Now with online marketing, there's another form of exchange, and it's not just money; it's time. And time is super valuable online. So it's like even when we create free content, we still need to convince people to consume it because the other resources is time. So it's like, they don't want to give up like scrolling through TikTok or Instagram to go read my, my free ebook or download my, my video. So it's like, then you got to have copywriting. You have to have all this other stuff that kind of helps support what that free thing is. So to get back to, sorry, I kind of like blabble on a lot about marketing, but like to get back to the point of the free the thing that you need to kind of start building the goodwill and that's through the content and that's through the free ebook because most of the time if someone sends me a marketing message of say hey download my free ebook i will go onto their page i'll consume their content first their content is going to be trying to convince me to download the free ebook because of my time it's the resource that free resource that i have so that's the whole goal of the free stuff so if you don't have anything for free or you're not providing value or you're not creating the content to help get these people across the line um it's going to be one much harder to generate leads and two sell them understood now that's a very well put way to put it um i'm sort of writing up something definitely myself i'm kind of writing this little ebook for why is it you're not building muscle in today's society or so why so why you're not building muscle it's just something so simple and then i give them some guidelines of what you should follow and some tools that you should be using. And then, you know, down at the end, it's got details. Obviously, this is a podcast. People, is not a conversation, just a conversation. But uh, <laughs> that will be something down the line. Now, earlier on, you mentioned that people have become so immune to marketing. And I really just wanted to ask, why is that built on? Why is that the case? Well, so when I was studying marketing, so they, they kept referencing these points of smoking and drinking. So that's what they kept coming back to. Like, if you can go back in time to the 60s, the 70s, you know, the 50s, and they were marketing around um, or even dietary products like fat's bad, you know, eat sugar and eat carbs. So it was like all these negative connotations, honestly, from 40, 50 years ago, that um, it wasn't until then when marketing started getting a bad rap because the more studies, the more science, the more proven studies come out saying, hey, no, smoking's bad for you. You, you don't want to drink alcohol too much and you and fat isn't necessarily bad for you. So it's like all these studies, all these science-based um, studies saying, hey, no, like this is wrong. All these, all these companies are paying marketing agencies to say wrong things, X, Y, and Z. So it's when that started happening, that's when the shift of the marketing started to change. Um, so that is to answer your point in terms of simple terms, like that is where I think a lot of people started losing trust within, um, you know, the marketing realm. Um, that was That's our parents, right? So in terms of today, what does that look like? I honestly think it's been more about, you know, a lot of people have been done wrong you know, there's a lot of people like, I don't know, I, I've purchased a few products online that I'm like, this is shit, <laughs> like, but it, it, it has nothing to do with what the, the, the marketing, the ad was telling me, like, it's completely different. So it's just like, I guess people are brought up um, in this, this ecosystem of like, oh, you don't trust them. Like, have you, my, my father always used to say, he's a slimy salesman. Like he, he constantly said that with any car dealership, with any person who was a salesman, I brought up, I was brought up to say, 
um, to believe that every salesman is slimy. You don't trust them X, Y, and Z. Right. So I actually like you learn this sort of stuff from your, your upbringing. So it's like the sales and marketing always had a bad connotation in my mind because of my parents' image, if that makes sense. So you kind of brought up into it um, to answer your question. That's a hundred percent true because I, I, I'm sorry, I am a hundred percent on board because I actually agree. Uh, personally myself, I never had gone to a car dealership and all that sort of stuff until I bought my new car last year uh, with my dad and my dad was in the car saying, Jesus Christ, I absolutely hate car sales. And he said that like four times before we got to the first dealership. And by the time we'd actually been finished with a couple of dealerships, I looked at it like, gee, oh my God. I think someone said, um, I said, you, someone said to me, finding the right dealer is even harder than finding the right car for you. That's what someone, I think someone said something along those lines. Oh. I, I think I agree with that in a sense of like, you really want someone to really understand your needs and what you want. Like that's, that's what, what sales guys are actually meant to be doing. Like if you get shitty salesmen, like, yeah, sure. Like you're going to get burned. They're going to sell you whatever. They don't really care. But then you have those guys who are like, okay, awesome. So what do you want it for? Why do you want it like that? Okay. Interesting. So tell me what, what was, what have you, what was your last car you had? What did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? So like, to be honest, every guy, every sales guy should be asking those questions. If, if they're not like that should be a red flag right there. Okay, so it's about asking the right questions, understanding the right context, and that's usually the right way to go. I, yeah. I, I agree, man, because I think it's like if if you're coming to him like, oh, I want I want this car, um, and he's like, okay, cool, like why do you want it? Oh, because I want to, you know, I'm ha- I'm having kids in the next couple of years. Okay, awesome. How many kids are you having? Well, um, like maybe a few, like three or four. Oh, well, have you thought of considering like going with this car because it's potentially a lot bigger, like it's going to be more spacious or vice versa. You know what I mean? Like, so it's really understanding people's needs, you know, and I guess coming, tracking back into the fitness industry is like, you don't necessarily just want to, I think a lot of people struggle with selling more more classes or more more sessions per week, like because obviously you're asking for more money. And it's like, well, Technically, like let, let's break this down, right? Let's break it down into a math equation. Um, so this person's 40 kilos overweight, 50 kilos overweight, um, hasn't really had too much exercise before, um, low motivation, probably got depression, whatever it is, right? Like you, you, you list this out in a math equation. Um, if they were to get just only one session a week, how long would it take them to get to their, their goal? Okay, that's three times the, the, the time that they want to achieve that in. So do they fully understand that it might take more than three times the amount of sessions that they actually want to afford. If their goal is strong enough and they're, and they're, and they're, they're willing to do it, then why not? You know what I mean? So actually understanding, like breaking it down and removing people's emotions. Cause I feel, I feel like a lot of PTs kind of get emotional when they try to, I wouldn't even call it selling man. I would call it helping. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like where it's like, I, I think a, a lot of, a lot of guys come to me like, Oh, I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to be sousy. It's like, Bro, like you're you're selling like low you're, you're selling more life you're, you're you're selling a better life for them you're selling you're not selling them a, a used car man you're selling um more time with their grandkids you're selling so much more um so it's like um that's my point of view anyway um obviously some people might have a different opinion but i honestly think if you're health in the health and fitness industry you shouldn't be scared of selling what no. what's going to help these people absolutely not uh because it's, we always have such a high amount. Well, people generally have a high self-doubt about themselves. And that's one thing I've always had to get through as well. Like 
one thing I was definitely taught when I started working, you have to believe in what you're selling. It's the same thing with like um, a gym membership. And we're constantly uh, with my, my UFC, obviously with the UFC gym, one thing we have to say is the reason what we're selling is we're selling value, as much value as you can. We are priced the way we are because, you know, we offer the classes, we offer the complimentary sessions, we offer you all this wide range of martial arts that you can learn. We offer all these kids classes. That's why we are valued the way you are. And if you don't believe in what you're selling, you're not going to get it. And that's why you need to find a way to almost in a way upskill yourself. And for me, I took me a little bit of time because again, I was new uh, in the industry. I had to find a way to really like believe myself and find something. Okay. And I say, all right, what am I good at? Okay. I'm good at helping blokes because I've trained blokes most of my whole life. I went to all boys schools, went to university. Most of men people in my unit were men so on that is when you find it and then you, you hunt for those specific people and it really can just come down to just absolute honesty really um just tell it like straight up saying look this is the kind of person i want to work with you seem like the, you seem like you got a lot going on let me help you and if they see that 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 you really generally do care about them and you do want to help them you know, succeed it's much much more easier to to close a set, close a deal, then someone who, you know, is the complete opposite and you, you kind of just got to leave, but you're just going to attempt at selling them. You get what I mean? Yeah. hundred percent, dude. Like my, my ease, like when I got to the point, when I got my easiest sales within the gym was when I would, I would listen to what a person wants to achieve. I'd walk them around the gym and I would get excited for them. I would be like, and they could see me get excited because I believe in it so much. And I'm like, man, like you can do this. Like we got this, we got that. And I was actually jacked up. I was ready to rock and roll. Like I was like, man, let's get a session in now. And like, that's when like people started like really just like, like they started like feeling the energy because I was like, man, like, 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 let's do this. I'm like, I'm excited for you. Let's rock and roll. So I feel like, but I think you made a very good point just before where it's like, you kind of, I guess you do need to have like those shitty kind of experiences at the start to kind of get someone and help someone out. So then you actually believe and you know, like, Oh shit, like I can actually help someone. I guess like, to be honest, like I don't really have a solution for that. I guess you just got to get over that speed bump of like first helping a first couple of people out. And then from there, once you do get a really good result, then you're like, Oh, actually maybe I can do this. You know what I mean? Like maybe everything I was trained for is right. So then I can, that's when you start believing in yourself more. So I guess like some people who just have that born confidence in their themselves. And I guess it can be good and bad, like, but at the same time, you do need to have references for yourself in terms of, yeah, cool. I can actually serve or I can, I can promise what I'm saying in a sense I can deliver. A hundred percent. Now, We've moved on from that. Personally, I wanted to ask you about, you know, also your own work. Uh, like me, you're also running your own podcast, uh, which obviously... I'll have you on. I should have you on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Uh, but the reason why I, I think is the power of these podcasts, man, is that it gives everyone like a chance to be... Well, it, well, it's, one, it helps me upskill myself and connect with like-minded people. Two, it helps me branch out. And three, it lets it helps me learn. And then I believe nowadays, when you're actually having a conversation with someone, your mind's almost fully engaged, unless I know, for other reasons, mental reasons, that you're not fully engaged in a conversation. Uh, and one thing I, I speak to people who, when they had their own podcasts, is 
you know, has it benefited you in your business and how? Yeah, I think, I think it has in a sense of it's benefited me because I've been able to reach more people and provide um, something that I've always wanted to. I've always wanted to help people. I've always wanted to, particularly in the health and fitness industry, because I've always wanted to expand and help more general population, um, you know, to be honest, um, decrease healthcare systems, like in terms of like actually prevent obesity how am i going to do that if i can help a thousand personal trainers help tens of thousands more people i'm going to be more effective doing that than only serving 40 people down the road there at a local gym so it's like i see myself um as going kind of looping this all around is like if i can create a podcast where i can help more personal trainers um not over only in perth but in you know, we've got guys in Melbourne, we've got guys in Sydney, we've, we've got guys in Abu Dhabi, like we've, we've got a lot of people um, everywhere listening to the podcast where it's it's really good to kind of express what I think. And to be honest, like the reason why I actually started the podcast is because I just wanted to talk shit and I just wanted to just like, I just love talking shit. <laughs> and I was like, I just want to have a bit of fun, man. And um, I actually didn't see the the massive potential that podcasting was until like, couple of years ago and i was like who, who would listen to someone when they're driving because i was just a massive music person or i was be listening to a book but now it's like i'm constantly on podcasts and when i kind of made that shift i was like you know what like let's do it like let's just have a business marketing podcast but it's 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 like they're swearing involved like it's it's fun it's it's not serious it's just like yeah man like here's the information do what you want i don't give a fuck if you don't like it or not like see you later it's just like come here if you want it if you don't no stress absolutely man well that's the thing it's just also engaged in very like i think it's got just to do one the it's what's the best way i can put it information now is free right everything is free it's up there you know and i believe that people are using it because you know they hate buying things you know they hate you know and people just love to consume free content people can be stingy and all that sort of stuff but it's just the idea that podcast is a way again for me for people to just to get free content and just get yourself out there as much as you can but it's also a pathway with engaging with as much as people as possible and like marketing like yourself. So let's say, for example, you know, we both got pretty decent audiences, you know, someone from my audience is going to come over and like your audience. And then so someone from my audience is going to come over and probably potentially start working with you and all that, or it's the same thing on the other end. It's just a nice way. But for me personally, I always thank people for coming. Uh, I'm always grateful that I can do podcasts is because it's the concept of time. And like um, you personally, yourself, you've got your businesses going on. Um, uh, uh, pardon me. Do you have a partner? Are you married? You, you have children? Yeah, I got a fiance. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I got, I got a German shepherd as well, which is really? the fur baby. <laughs> oh, bless. <laughs> Bless. That's awesome, man. And then again, it's it's time. And, you know, it's not time going to get back. So when it comes to this podcast, I'm always like, oh, I've got to make sure they can do the best I can for these people. Because if they walk away, they're going to be like, fuck, I'm just wasted 45 minutes talking to that guy. And now I'm going <laughs> to... You, know, you get what I mean? That's what Yeah, I think it's... I think you're, um, you know, I think you reaching out to people and getting them on and creating value and just even podcasts if you do it by yourself i'm not too sure if you you do like i'm definitely going to give your podcast a follow after this but i think it's going to be like you 
having a conversation, just someone listening to you for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, bro, means that it's going to build up, like going back to the trust before, is they're going to feel like they know you a little bit more. And that's a good thing about, for me, like when I make my podcast, it's like, because I'm only up to like, I don't know, episode 12 or 13 now, because I kind of make it slow and I, I choose my guys like specifically, but it's like really like they get to listen to me for 30, 40 minutes. So they, after like 10 episodes, it's like they kind of, they've spent, you know, I don't know, 30 hours with me or whatever it is, or not even that, sorry, but like, um, yeah, 10 hours with me. So they kind of feel like they know me a little bit more. So like, if, if anyone's out there considering doing podcasts, a hundred percent recommend it. Cause I feel like everyone eats it up. Like it's good fun and it's, it's easy to consume. It's nothing too mind boggling. You know what I mean? Absolutely. hundred percent. Um, And the last thing I always tell everyone is just, it's, it's communication, man. Um, Because in order for you to be, good at you know let's say for example with your marketing and you know finding leads and even for me to be good at a personal training a bit personal training i can't be mute i have to be um i have to be like be able to engage in some form of dialogue and understand um negotiation because when it comes to negotiations as soon as someone brings up money into this sort of situation everyone starts backing off and all uh but yeah that that's usually the way to go so tell tell obviously my people my audience a little bit more about your podcast and uh you know what are the type of people that you get on and you know where can they find you sick man so in terms of the podcast it's the luke simons podcast um a lot of people think it's simmons it's it's simon so s-y-m-o-n-d-s um so that is like a podcast where i kind of it's dedicated more towards the fitness professional um, who want to look at more about the business. They want to look at, okay, what's, what's the perfect sales process look like? What does the perfect marketing campaign on Facebook ads look like? What is, um, what is content? What should content have involved with their social media? Um, What other topics have we gone through? I've got another guy on the podcast who I helped out and, we got him to a certain amount of level within a certain period of time. So it's just like success stories as well and why people kind of do certain things. So it's really about like, um, it's for fitness professionals who want to look at if they feel like they, they're lacking something in their marketing, if they, if they feel like they can do better, like that's what I wanted to cover off is I really wanted to kind of get nitty gritty in that. Um, and then in terms of like social media, I'm um, just, the Luke Simons um, account. We've got we've got Luke Simons. We've got leading socials. But if you just type in Luke Simons, man, um, they'll be able to find me um, pretty much on all socials. Yeah, if, if you're listening right now in the audio version, guys, that will be in the link in the description. So make sure you check that out and follow them. So uh, just the last one, a couple of ones to like sort of finish off of is you know. How does someone such as yourself do all the things that you got going on? You know, your podcasting, your businesses, your fiance, your German Shepherd. Like, can, I know it's a little bit of a general question, but can you run me through like what you do in a typical week? Yeah, bro. Okay. So planning is, is for me is like my baby. Like I need my calendar. If you take my calendar away, I'm, I'm useless, bro. You might as well give me a sign and I'm going to be walking out there with, I'm going to look like a bum out there. Cause like, it's like, I'm absolutely useless without it. So um, luckily for me coming from um, a logistical background where like I had to, I was, I was organizing multiple people 
um, 10 plus people to be in multiple locations at certain periods of time to be working in a lot of different areas, um, I had to be really good at planning and understanding coordination. So I guess I took a lot of skill sets from that um, to understand how to structure my week. So um, planning is my number one. Every night I prepare my next day. Every week I prepare what I need to get done for every single week. And then from there, I diagnose Diglue, or like I, I re-engineer that into a day and then I do that same thing for every month every quarter every six months every year um, from there I look at my day and what I do is I normally wake up around about four four thirty um, and then I'll get a workout in um, and then I will pretty much do my morning routines which is like I to be honest man like I'm not I'm not going to say like I'm perfect at the morning routines like and all that sort of stuff but lately I have been pretty good but I've been notoriously I'm that type of dude who like, I just want to get to work. But like, I'm now really realizing that I need to sit down. I write my goals out. I, I do my morning breath work. I do my visualizations, do math, all that sort of stuff. Right. Like everyone knows it, right. It's easy. Um, and then from there, it's like, I literally just block, I use blocks throughout my day. So because I have a couple of, I have the two businesses I have, like, I've got to be the, the marketing guy for multiple other companies. I have to be the sales guy. Um, so it's like, um, getting my and plus I do weights training and mixed martial arts training so it's like just blocking time man like I'm like I said that calendar and just blocking time and understanding what I need to get done in that certain time is a lifesaver um, I, I rarely have free time um, and when I do I just don't know what to do with it so it's pre preparation is key like my old rugby coach I, I took something from him when I was I was playing rugby and he he used to say like before every game he was like when do we prepare our gear and everyone used to say, we prepare it the night before. So like that was like a thing drilled into me where it was like, if you got something going on the next day, you prepare the night before. And I guess that comes from an army kind of background. So it's like you always are preparing, not in the moment, but prior to the moment, if that makes sense. 100%. I mean, preparation, I think it just comes down to a bit of a personality as well from what you were saying to me, like planning, like personally, like, I'll just show you this real quick. This is an A4 diary that my girlfriend loves to take the piss out of. And it's just, that's what, <laughs> that's what it comes to. Like it's literally 12 hours of, you know, 12 hour pages. And I'm that kind of person who tries to get things now down because when you're a personal trainer, you kind of need to be, you need to be like, okay, this person gets 50 minutes for this time. And then I've got to go to this client and then I've got to spend my, my personal split myself. And I feel like people like that and people like that as yourself who are constantly planning do end up, you know, further on. It becomes a very, very strong, uh, not just personality, but as a habit. And then it's just the little things like building up as well. Like um, earlier on, you also mentioned um, your own personal, sorry, you were going to say something? No, sorry, someone else was talking. Sorry, bro. <laughs> that's all cool. Uh, what was it say? Um, yes, so that's the next thing I wanted to quickly bring up. You know, obviously you wake up super, 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 super early and all that, and you've got to get your own training in right now. Can you run, because, you know, this is also a fitness podcast as well. Can you sort of run me through, like, what's your typical, like, training split, man? Sick, man. So um, actually, funny thing, I literally just signed up with um, one of my mates, Lockie, um, Lockie Wilkinson. He is a strength and conditioning coach for um, Muay Thai um, fighters, but I'm, I'm obviously doing jiu-jitsu. So um, he's a combat 
strength and conditioning guy. Um, so I recently just signed up with him this week, but pretty much prior to him, what my sessions looked like was um, always, it would be structured uh, priming the body, 10 minutes of priming. Um, that would be either five minutes of uh, a low steady state kind of um, bike erg or running or something like that. And then from there, it will be like very, um, you know, movements that are supplementary for the big compound lift that I'm about to hit. So then I'll do um, a, a heavy compound lift and it would be a strength work um, predominantly within the one to five rep scheme um, working off a four, a four to six week kind of periodization block. Um, and then from there, once I hit the strength movements um, compounds, I love, I just love, heavy compounds is so much fun and then from there um i would do some sort of like a metabolic conditioning um or it would be a hypertrophy workout at the end so like i would chop and change um but like to be honest like i was doing my programming for years i've done my programming for years and like i've had i've had niggles i've had injuries and stuff like that just because like i wasn't disciplined or it would just be like to be honest i just love training so much that like it's hard for me to kind of pull back I'm like, yeah, sick. I'll go do a hard sparring session with jiu-jitsu. I'll go do a Muay Thai fighting class. I'll do this. I'll do that. Oh, actually, now I just want to do a heavy squat or deadlift day. And it's just kind of like me just kind of looking like, oh, man, I just want to do everything. So then um, that was my programming before. And then to be honest, six months before that, at the start of the year, I did a, a an army SAS kind of event where it was like a lot of endurance. So it was honestly like uh, it was like two hours a day of endurance, bro where it was just like shitty endurance and it was boring. And it was like for six months. So it was just like, just getting my gas system up. And then, but now since this week is my first week with um, Lockie, it's a lot of plyometric stuff. He's, he's helping me fix my shin splints, man. Um, I've had shin splints since I was playing AFL and rugby at the same time. So we're just doing a lot of plyometric stuff, soft stuff with my shins um, and then explosive work, man. Um, like, and strength. And then from there, I would do um, MMA and stuff like that at nighttime. So that's pretty much what I kind of do um, between six to eight to nine sessions a week, depending on the week. That's, that's some, had some heavy ass volume. That's all I've got to say, because, you know, personally, I do roughly about six sessions in tra uh, weight training a week and I do a good four BJJ, but one thing I always like tell my people to stick in there, man, is like you've got to invest in a strong mobility and prehab program. The best thing about being young is that you can, you can sort of take on that damage, you know, a little bit, you know, but down the end, I promise you, I say to the, um, the young guys, look, catch what, it, it will, it will catch you because I see all these older, like, the best thing about information today is man, um, is that all this information again, it's out there, but it wasn't out there for like, guys who are in their 40s and their 50s and i'm seeing all these poor poor souls in like vjj who are like black belts and brown belts and they got busted knees arthritis and shoulders uh shoulder pain and then i just say were you doing this and they're just like mate i've never even done this kind of thing before in my life you know so i'm telling everybody who's working so right. good dude i think it's like it's it's vital it's like okay i'm just going to say my opinion it's boring as shit and i hate it every single second of it but it, it is vital um because you know what it what, what sucks even more is not being able to do your sport like that sucks worse exactly i i oh, yeah it's 
when you see guys who are like fighters, you know, they, yeah, like, like the workhorses, they love to spend like hours and hours a day training. You take them, that's their life, you know, that's half their day what they do. You take that away from them, they're the most, they're some of the most up miserable people. And that's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's true. It's true because like, yeah. I, and, and for me, I always love to make sure I can help them out as well. But that when they take their rehab program super seriously, or they take a prehab, uh, you know, or assessment, they usually, again, it gives them something else to focus on. And, yeah. yeah, I think it's the, the 5% is, you know, like I, I would say it's a 1% because, but honestly, I think it's more than that. It's a 5% and you know what I mean? 5, 10%, which is the mobility and pre-work where I never used to do that um, until my injuries forced me to, to, to not be able to do anything. So it was like, okay, cool. Now I just got to be super aware. So now to be honest, like, I'm the opposite to reckless. I'm actually super, um, what do you want to call it? Like if I feel something, I feel something coming on. Like I'm going straight to the, the Cairo, straight to the physio, straight to like anyone who can help me out to make sure that I'm on the right path because I, I've been down that road so many times that I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with not training. And to finish that point off, it's like, you know, it's it's what we have, you would have towards like cancer. If you found out like a tiny cancer cell was in your body, you would want to get that thing the fuck out. Otherwise, it's like that with a small little injury. Sometimes it starts small and then it can spread. Anyway. Um, but it's true. I think especially with um, mixed martial artists, athletes, if it's just like, because those guys are hard. We're like, they, they're hard. They're, they're built up on hard. They're built up on pain. So I feel like there's some people who are just like, oh, like, no, I'll just work through it. I'll just work through it. Like, I, I'm a fighter. I can do it. It's just like, well, like, there's no, there's no harm in saying, hey, my rotator cuff feels a bit shit today. Like, mm. I bet I best not do it. <laughs> 100%. Now, man, um, what is it? Just, we were just heading up to the end of this podcast. I mean, we've, spoken about great deal topics man uh and we've also you've mentioned where we can find you um and is there anything else that we should be met i should you should be uh, mentioning to my uh audience like on services you're providing or anything that we can look for man. you on yeah like obviously just check us out on socials and stuff like that if um and if any of your guys want like a free chat man like i'm always happy to kind of spend 10, 15, 20 minutes, like to see if like, Hey, like, what are you doing now? What do you want to achieve? Like, like what's going wrong now? If they just want me to check out their socials and see what they're doing right or wrong. Like I can, I can do that. So um, I'm more than happy. Like, as long as I help people, like, that's what I want to get. Like, that's what, if I can help you help more people in the gym, like that's what I want. Awesome. Anyway, so guys, if you need want to help more people, Luke Simons is your man. Um, <laughs> What's the last point? Uh, yeah, so I did this with everyone. I do this on pretty much every podcast. Uh, I always like to say the last question before we wrap it up is like, was there anyone particular you'd like to extend your gratitude to? Is there anyone you want to thank? Reason being is because I don't believe in it, the fact that anyone's really self-made. I honestly believe, you know, there's always a great deal of people helping around and or if there's any sponsors or any businesses that you want to give a shout out to. Uh, that's the time. Well, first off, I would like to thank uh, you, Joseph, for having me on the podcast. So <laughs> you cool, made man. me. <laughs> um, but I guess um, oh, a, a person who really helped me in terms of my development was probably Cameron Cameron and Amanda Munro. Um, they own Raw Fitness um, South River, if anyone doesn't know what that is. Um, I, that's, the, that's the gym I was working out of. Um, uh, for Bibra Lake? 
Yeah, so there's there's multiple locations. There's oh. four locations. Um, so yeah, man, like um, the guys who own that, um, they were a, a massive um, mentor for me mm. and understanding what it took to be a leader, what it took to like to offer value, to 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 try and do the best you can um, for the for better of others, if that makes sense. So um, yeah, shout out to them. Awesome. Anyone else? Um, not that I can think of right now. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, I appreciate. Well, I appreciate you taking the time, Luke. Honestly, man, all the best um, with you and your work and all that. And thank I'll, you, Joseph, bro. Uh, I appreciate it. And like I tell you, man, one day this podcast is obviously going to get in person, which is what I'm working towards. Because what's happening is right now, me and my mate, we do the one-on-ones like in person at his house and all that. And I'm working on getting a space so I can have people in. So we'll get you back on for sure. Hey, I'm going to have to get you on my podcast. Let's get it. Let's sort it. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Anyway, take care, buddy. All the best, man.